0: Good evening, and welcome to this special show to mark International uh, Women's Day. Now, before we begin, uh, as you'll probably be aware, I'm often joined on these shows by uh, my friend and co-host, Peter Haddock. And on one occasion, I was joined by Peter's son, Lucas, who, uh, frankly, is way cooler than his dad. Um, well, Lucas isn't too well at the moment. So from all of us here at Demonation News and Diggers and Dozers, uh, get well soon, Lucas. Now, on with the show, the important part of the show. Uh... She probably won't remember this, but I first met Jackie Miller Charlton, or Jackie Miller as she was back then, in roughly 1988 or 1989, uh, back in my contract journal days. At that time, I was a young journalist beating a keyboard each day and trying to make a name for myself. She was a fresh-faced teenager who had recently joined a family business with a growing reputation for its range of excavator buckets. Three decades later, and I'm still beating a keyboard each day, and I'm still trying to make a name for myself, Jackie, meanwhile, is on the board of what is now an international business. She's got an MBE to her name. Not that I'm bitter. Uh, And to make matters worse, I now look like this, and Jackie... Well, Jackie looks like that good evening Jackie <laughs> hi how are you yeah very well indeed thanks for joining us tonight i do appreciate it
1: no problem my pleasure
0: um can i've you just been I've just, here. Be, i
1: think i should be moving uh, you have just moved
0: the wrong way actually yeah, that's, that's better it, that's i can it. see you nice nice and clearly now uh, i was just you know alluding to the fact that i i first met you um, some years ago and in many ways you were ahead of your time really as uh, not just a woman in a man's world but you were a woman in a you know the, the metal bashing side of of a man's world as well so even more so what hurdles did you have to overcome way back when
1: well you know back in those days um it was really quite a sexist environment um things have changed thankfully for the better um but it was difficult um but you know we were brought up in a very close-knit family, myself and my two brothers, and I had always had their support and the support of my mum and dad. And what my mum always used to say to me, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. So, you know, I thought, well, this is the career choice that I've made and the path that I'm going to forge um, my career in. So I need to understand how I can um, overcome such hurdles. Um, wasn't just sexist it was you know um, there were the the the, wasn't just the remarks it was the fact that you couldn't possibly know what you were saying or doing or had any kind of um, understanding of what the client wanted because you were a woman and it wasn't a woman's job to know what someone in the construction sector or a quarry face needed so that was quite difficult but looking back Would I have handled things differently? Probably not. Um, You know, I'm very, I'm a person of understanding context. And back then, that's the way it was. I'm not suggesting it was right, but it's just the way it was. And so trying to force today's, you know, equality and um, all, and we've come on leaps and bounds, thankfully, as I said earlier, but trying to force, you know, the new parameters and make them fit to the period that um, I first started out they just don't and so I accepted it for what it was and I got on with the job.
0: You you've mentioned I mean we have we have unquestionably come on leaps and bounds and yet we are still we still have a movement for women in construction we're still not we've still got a major gender imbalance I think we're, we're talking about possibly less than 11 percent women in in the UK construction industry how are we still talking about this now how is this still an issue
1: Well, I've got several ideas on that one, and they stem from education. I don't think that we're doing enough to educate girls at a younger age, that it's okay to be an engineer, and it's okay to be a scientist, and it's okay to be an astronaut, and it's okay to do all the jobs that traditionally men were cut out to do. We, we seem to get to a certain age as females and then even, you know, even toys, for example, they're all stereotypical of what girls should be playing with and boys should be playing with. I mean, the simple fact is that nothing should be out of bounds, provided the person understands what's required of that job. So I think we need to wrap a whole lot of education around that process and start making it okay for it to be much more inclusive from a very from a much much younger age. Um, I also think that large companies should be doing more um, and seeking to bring in more girls, not just in an office environment, but in an engineering environment, in a scientific environment, in a on a in the boardroom environment. I would like to see an awful lot more women taking those seats. It is no accident in my view that some of the most successful businesses within the FTSE 100 have both male and female almost in equal parts on their board. And the reason is when we collaborate, we can achieve so much more.
0: I, I totally agree, and yet we've we've just had a question. We've got a lot of a lot of questions in actually, and, and one of them comes from uh, from my friend Peter Haddock here. Uh, and if I can throw it up on the screen, and, and this is this is really indicative. Um, when we originally set out to do this show to coincide with uh, International Women's Day, you know, we were going to have on, as guests, uh, a couple of female operators and, and, and you know, women from different parts of the sector. But there's been so much negativity and so much social media backlash when we've done it before that we've had people cry off. And I mean, we, we had an instance recently um, where uh, another of my friends, Nick Drew, featured a, a young woman as an operator. And she took such abuse. She asked him to take the uh, the post down, and she's actually left social media entirely herself. You it, it, there are times it just doesn't feel like we've moved forward at all.
1: Absolutely, and that's despicable and disgusting. On every other negative connotation you could attach with that, I think these people on social media who are doing this—they're bullies, and they're outdated. They're egotistic. That sorry, they're biased, outdated, and prejudiced. And probably egotistical too. Um, I think that the solution here is for men to work with women into getting past these outdated attitudes, and for you know men to stand up for women within their company and actually support a woman's cause into. Offering those roles within the construction sector. Why shouldn't a woman be a a plant operator if that's what she chooses to do. Why shouldn't a woman, you know, um, be driving a truck if that's what she chooses to do. That's her choice. Every bit is it's a male choice. And, you know, we shouldn't be questioning that in 2021. It's utterly disgraceful. And I've no idea. These people have so much bias. I've no there, there is no place for it any longer. It's like racism. You know, it's the same thing. There is no place for it. We want equality. We want collaboration. We want unity.
0: And it strikes me that people just aren't reading between the lines. And I, I told this story recently. I, I took as one of my options at school when I was 13, 14. I took typing. I knew I was always going to end up being you know in an office so I took typing and you know the initial reaction from my friends in the football team were you typing you and 29 girls oh hang on a minute you and 29 girls (laughs) surely that's a good thing isn't it and and, you know but my my friends saw that sooner or later you know
1: but that's the point isn't it that's exactly what I would have said to you wow you know good for you uh, it, it's this. It's getting back to what I said earlier. It's the stereotyping. And, you know, we're in 2021 um, and it's stereotyping of 50 years ago. We've got to move past that. And the only reason we're going to get industry to listen is if we have some leading businesses take up this mantle and start making initiatives built around this. Now, there was some movement in the construction sector, you know, a few years ago, but unfortunately it doesn't seem to have had much gravitas or, or, or you know, we we certainly haven't made, seemed to have made much progress. But I do know some large construction companies are very um, aware that this dynamic must shift. But I do think that it's on big business and it's on government to start looking at st- getting rid of stereotypes and telling people, you know, male or female, you are you can do anything that you want to do, provided you want to do it hard enough. So that's all it is. It's about what is your desire? What is it that you really want to do? And go for it. And you should not have to face stigma because you want to do something different now. And of course, we do. So we have to work hard getting rid of that stigma and we have to work as a unified team in doing that
0: now one of the criticisms that we still hear about women aside from the fact that they can't lift stuff and they're not strong enough and all that on nonsense um apparently women women just get pregnant and leave um, we, you know construction companies train them up they get pregnant and leave now you had your first child if my facts are correct you had your first child in 1990 uh, when your company was expanding internationally and you had your second in 2002 in the midst of a major rebranding this women get pregnant nonsense is precisely that isn't it it's just nonsense
1: well let's be very thankful that women do get pregnant, otherwise we would have no human race. It would be a very so quiet show today, wouldn't so, it? Let's so face that's it. that's the first point I'd like to make. <laughs> the second point is I can't even begin to express how annoying that, you know, that whole situation is that we're still harping back to should I employ someone because she's female and she may get pregnant. That's her choice, and we hope she does because, you know future of humankind depends on it. I think that if a woman is set on a career path the same as a man, she will have her children and she will go back to work. Because it is not children do not define a person. Children are part of who you are as an individual. They are they are my two kids are the best thing that ever happened to me. But The reality is that they both are grown up now. They both have their own lives. I'm immensely proud of both of them. And I also forged a career path. So you can do it all. You just have to work maybe a little bit harder, but it depends on how much you want that.
0: We had a guest on recently, um, a, a guy who runs a uh, construction company in the Midlands, and he's got five children, three of which are, uh, are girls, and he has made a, a, a really sort of a big point of teaching all his five children all aspects of the business. But his his belief is that um, this g- gender e- inequality is actually born at least partly in the home. I'm assuming the fr- the fact that you worked alongside your your two brothers that wasn't the case in the Miller household
1: definitely not i mean you know we worked as a team and we didn't see gender as an issue we actually encompassed the differences between us and we all had different strengths um and we worked on those strengths to develop the business together as a team we were brought up as a very very tight family and both of our par- parents worked extremely hard to get us a break you know they they um i mean my mom and dad um, Remortgage the house to um, get my older brother, who's now back in um, the chairman's position at the company and running things magnificently well. Um, you know, they backed him and put their house on the line to give him the first loan for the business. So we were brought up in a very tight family, and that meant that we could work together and work not always in harmony because obviously when you're in business you're passionate about things you have to have be passionate about things otherwise success won't follow um but yeah i mean never had any issues about the fact that i was a woman they celebrated that and i was in the boardroom and i brought a, a completely different set of ideas because i'm a woman and that's why i said earlier you know it's no it's absolutely no accident that FTSE 100 companies have a mixed board those that are doing much more success sorry those that are enjoying much more success
0: it's always struck me jackie that that rather than adapting to fit into a man's world you you've kind of i don't know whether you fought but you you have retained your identity you've always been very feminine very glamorous was that a conscious decision or is that just the way you are and and now that a lot of the guys that i'm about to talk about have retired i can safely say this I think I I used to work on a couple of magazines, and they would come to uh, to Miller, or the ad salesman would come to Miller to try and sell advertising, and it was almost like a baptism of fire because they they'd arrive and there was this fresh-faced young blonde girl who probably didn't know a great deal, who then proceeded to t- tear them a new one on a fairly regular basis, and and they were sent away with a flea in their ear. That's that that is the persona that you've built and. Uh, you know, is that a reaction to the fact that you are a woman in what is still perceived as a man's world? Or is just is that just Jackie Miller or Jackie Miller Charlton as you are now?
1: Um, good question. So I did get the nickname the Iron Lady. So that might give <laughs> you some um, indication as to my um, determination and very steely character. I think that having... I think the... The environment I forged my career in, I would have to be that Iron Lady because back then, you know, prejudice and and bias and all sorts I had to cope with, which I alluded to earlier, but I overcame. I wouldn't have been able to overcome that if I'd been a softer character. So, you know, I I understood very quickly and I learned very quickly and I took those lessons on board. Um, Did I make a conscious decision to be glamorous? I, I made a conscious decision to be the best me that I could be and if that's glamorous well then maybe I don't know I'd, I'd never tried to be anything other than who I am and you know I was brought up to take a pride in your appearance and to you know put your best foot forward and always be respectful and, and proud of what you've achieved and work hard so I don't know I mean I just did what came naturally I think um I mean I mean I'm lucky that I've been blessed with you know some kind of looks I suppose um and I've worked hard to to keep in shape and make sure that you know I take care of my health so all of these things are really important but those were the things that I was taught as a, as a child and and as far as um you know me tearing them a new one well yeah like the stood on my toes I have a story in New Ze- in Australia um when I was in big quarry face and i was um talking about the quick coupler and the um millimate and i asked any of the guys there was about 40 aussie guys and i was mic'd up and i said has anybody got any questions and one smart alex stepped forward and says yeah how many more sheilas we're going to get over here and i said well that'll be one just me has anybody got any sensible questions so that would be how i would answer someone like that so you know
0: Now, it's interesting you mentioned the the overseas thing, because one of the things, you know, I've I've watched the the growth and growth of uh, Miller groundbreaking over the years, and you are very big in in overseas locations, places like India and China, which, you know, even by our standards, you know, as an outsider looking in are perhaps not quite as progressive as perhaps we are. How are you perceived over there?
1: Um, actually, it's really interesting because um, India are very progressive when it comes to women, you know, equality, except there have been for some time. I mean, you know, India's had a, a female prime minister. They've got lots of female ministers. So they're actually quite progressive um, in their um, in, in their attitude towards women. And and, and there's a, a great many, exceptionally clever, bright women in India. Um, and I've worked there a great deal. And so I actually... Sometimes I had a problem, but nothing more than I would have had in my own backyard. Um, China, a little bit more difficult, but again, um, I was able to overcome that and break some barriers. But um, I found more of a stigma, actually, in Japan, because in the 90s, it was still very unusual for a woman to be in a senior position in japan and so when i went over there the thought i was the secretary once so i was in a meeting and i was waiting for my boss to turn up before i could meet the guy they actually didn't realize it was me that he had the meeting with so um no i just but i laugh about these things you know um and i did this lady this japanese secretary um receptionist was horrified looking at me pleadingly of course i was never going to drop her in it um you know sisterhood and all that but <laughs> You know, hey, I'm and you have and, and when you're traveling, sorry, when you're dealing internationally, you know, there's the old saying, go native. So um, I used to look, I used to do my research and I used to understand what sort of, um, you know, how would they find me? What sort of prejudices would I be likely to face, etc. And every challenge for every challenge, there's an opportunity to change someone's mind.
0: Now, you were awarded an MBE in 2013. Uh, congratulations, somewhat belatedly. How did that come about?
1: Um, well, quite frankly, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was doing my job um, and I was travelling all over the world and opening distributors for the company and working very hard and flying the flag for Britain. I used to do a lot of, um, I used to go to the embassies, etc., and try and break down barriers. I used to use DIT a lot. Well, it was UKTI then. They keep changing their name, but basically the same thing. Um, and I found some of those guys extremely helpful. Um, but, you know, you still have to do a great deal of work yourself. So I was always trying to find research first with me. I wanted to understand what... Would I have to overcome? Um, what would the business have to overcome? How much money was it going to cost for market entry? And all of these things were really important um, for development and growth because obviously you can see a new market as an opportunity for growth, but it it also is can be a money pit, and you need to know how long is it likely before you're going to get a return on that investment. Um, and trust me, in some of these markets, um, you know they didn't have a clue what a quick coupler was. And so seeding is extremely important, extremely, um, it's an extremely difficult job rather. Um, You know, it's easiest thing in the world to jump on the back of someone else's success. But when you've got a brand new product and you're seeding a market and you're trying to actually explain why this is very necessary, it is no mean feat and it costs an awful lot of money. As my brother once said, negative know-how is exceptionally expensive to learn.
0: <laughs> now, well, funnily enough, speaking of the business, um, I know you're still on the board, but you've taken a step back from the day-to-day r- running of the business. What prompted that decision?
1: Well, we were looking to bring in an external management team, um, and they, and, and obviously if you bring in an external management team, we were all stepping back at the time, myself, my two brothers, and, um, then, you know, you can't be uh, have a foot on the train and a foot at the station. And we, through that transition, we brought in some very senior people to help us with the, you know, um, period of handing over because, you know, it's like another baby. Um, and we were, we brought this team in and, and we, we managed them and then we let go of the reins. And um, unfortunately all sorts of things happened after that and it's not always a successful handover by the way because people are either your biggest asset or your biggest liability Um, and unfortunately it turned out that our management team became the latter after a number of years so my elder brother and my two older brothers had to step back in and take back the reins which he's done magnificently so Um, and my other brother still has a hand in all of the development of the product and oversees some of the things the engineering guys are doing. Um, And I look at some of the marketing things. I mean, we're all still involved in terms of looking at how, you know, we can take the business forward. But my older brother of the two older brothers, I've said, Keith, he is doing a sterling job through exceptionally difficult circumstances. Um, And the business is actually doing exceptionally well, extremely well.
0: I was just about to ask you how Miller is going uh, these days. I mean, as I say, my first exposure were you were a bucket company, and a bucket became an attachment company, became a quick coupler company, became an international quick coupler company. You seem to be going from from strength to strength. Is, is that actually the case?
1: <laughs> well, we've had
0: our few, we've had
1: some ups and downs. Trust me, um, that's it's been very very challenging upon um, me. But as I said. The chairman stepped back in, Um, we've got an amazing team. He's reshaped the the, the people. He's bringing in more people with the senior management team. Um, We have some fantastic new products. Um, The GTS, the GTX, new quick couplers. I mean, the best quick coupler in the world just keeps getting better. We invented the automatic quick coupler technology and we remain the best product in the world. Um, that's no accident we spend well we've spent millions on this new product line and we've invested in it and it is the best and so for those of your listeners who are thinking about quick couplers look no further because you know we're bringing out two brand new products which are simply light years ahead of anything on the market Um, we're looking at reinvesting in additional overseas markets and we've also spent millions in investing in the plant where all the products are manufactured so yes the business is growing from strength to strength we've had our challenges it's been exceptional difficult 12 months but we've got an amazing team headed up by you know a very experienced chairman who knows the industry inside out and you know that that kind of experience you can't buy.
0: I kind of feel like I need to uh, complete the set now because Keith was one of my first guests on my old podcast. I'm, I'm probably going back about 10, 12 he years. You
1: should definitely uh, have a conversation with him. It would be very interesting for your listeners and he can tell you and share with you what plans we've got. They're very exciting.
0: No fantastic stuff. Um, you can see there we've we've had well we've comments coming in all the time, but I thought you'd probably enjoy that one quite a bit. Um, always love well, Miller's you, couplers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: always love Miller couplers. Yes, thank you.
0: Funnily enough, I mean, just to to, to show you how I I tend to view things now, bearing in mind we're talking about women in construction, we had a comment in earlier, um, and I will put it on the screen, Um, it's from one of our regular uh, uh, viewers, uh, Ken Hatcher, and for one horrible moment, I thought it said, I like your hair, and I thought, (laughs) oh God, we've got somebody else that's going down, he likes my hat. so your head hasn't even got a look in. So, yeah, thanks for that, Ken. Well,
1: I quite actually, like that as well. I made the same comment myself, did I not, Mark? When we you
0: did indeed, it. absolutely. Now, I, I did mention at the very beginning that um, you are probably the first person with an MBE we've ever had on the show. And I, I think it's fair to say you're probably the only person we've ever had on the show that has actually got their own mantra, which apparently is be the difference that makes the difference, which seems wholly appropriate. What does that actually mean to you?
1: Well, what it means to me is really simple. It's about making a difference to yourself and someone else. So I used to tell the team, look, we have no idea what someone is going through or has gone through or what kind of mourning they've had or what's happened in their life. Um, We all get up and go to work because we either have to or we want to or, you know, whatever the circumstances are. Um, and then we, if we can, because we have to interact with these people, why not make a difference to them? Why not walk in, you know, even when you're you're having a call or a face-to-face, why not be the difference that makes the difference to their day? And if you continue to try and see it from someone else's perspective and not, and not always your own, then you've got an awful lot better opportunity of understanding what it is they really need from you and it is incumbent on all of us who are in the service sector selling to um you know our customers out there to understand what do they need what do they need that's going to make their job better what do they need when they're in the coalface to improve their circumstances to deliver that project on time what is it that will make a difference to them and so I used to tell my team all the time, be the difference that makes the difference because I always try to live by that mantra. And by the way, I'm only ever work in progress. I'm trying to improve myself every day. Um, so, you know, I don't, I would never profess ever to have mastered that mantra myself. But as long as I keep trying, as someone said, you know, reach for the stars, kid. And if you fall on the moon, it's not too shabby.
0: I I should be noting all of this down. Um, We've got, as I say, we've got lots of people watching, but um, we've had one here, Uh, David Wiley. If you don't know David, he's actually a journalist. Um, And he has said, uh, as tilt rotates, gain more acceptance. Is Miller looking to produce these units? Might be a question more for Keith, but I'll I'll, I'll ask it to you anyway.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. We already have some tilt couplers. So um, you you, have a whole... We've got a lot of innovation that's been happening. um, And we've got a whole suite of new products. We're constantly pushing the boundaries. At Miller, you know, we were never about status quo. We were all about invention. And we were all about innovation. And we know our business like no one knows the business. I mean, we invented the whole thing. So um, absolutely. And, you know, as I've said, watch this space. There are some amazing new products coming out. But as and, and I agree and fully concur, it would be great for you to have Keith on the show um, because he can share with the audience exactly what we're developing at the moment and when things are, you know, when these products are likely to be released.
0: Uh, you all heard it here first. This is Fast Becoming The Miller Show. So uh, watch this space. Now, obviously, we are speaking on International Women's Day. If you could offer one piece of advice to a young woman contemplating a career in construction, demolition, heavy engineering, what would that advice be?
1: Well, it would. So you've got to have the characteristics and the traits to be able to work within the sector as it is now. And as we've discussed, unfortunately, there are still some unwanted bias around Um, So if they're trying to carve their self uh, uh, um, an opportunity within the industry, they need to be prepared for that. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't. That just means that, you know, there would be one more person helping us to solve this dilemma. Um, What advice I would give them, I'd give the same to anybody forging any kind of career on any career path, make sure it's what you love. Pick something you're going to do that you love. Because you're going to be doing it for the best part of 50 years. And you need to love that if you want to do it every day for 50 years. And if you don't, don't do it. Because you would be being unkind and unfair to yourself and putting a lot of stress on yourself. So from the get-go, understand what it is you want to do in life and focus your energy on delivering that. And being in the mindset that allows you to go to work every day with a smile on your face and loving what you do, which will also enable you to come overcome all the pressures and stress of the work environment. Because I've always loved what I've done, but it came with a price, a lot of stress. We were forging ahead. We were building an international business. But the fact that I was passionate about what I did Helped significantly overcome those times of stress where you know it was really which way do I go here? Um, but the reality is we have to love what we do. So, I would ask anybody, any young girl, just please make sure it's what you want to do. And if it is a job in the construction sector, then I would challenge as many large construction outfits out there to come on let's do something together and make a difference and actually I'll throw one out there if you would like me to be the face of the ambassador for an initiative then I'm happy to work with you guys and help do that
0: well I was about to follow that up with um the the old adage which I never get right if if you do something you love you never work a day in your life but I think offering to be an ambassador I mean you know I don't want to be Sound like the uh, the Jackie Miller Charlton fan club here, but if ever the the industry had a poster, poster girl, poster woman, poster <laughs> person for yes. for women in construction, surely you must be it. You know, you 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 tick all the boxes. What, somebody needs to, to make this happen. There's an ambassador waiting to happen here. Um, Jackie, look, I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that I'm, I'm taking up a, a lot of what is fast becoming your evening, and I'm sure you've got better things to do, but given the fact that you have taken a step back and you've accomplished all you've accomplished, how are you filling your days these days?
1: Well, my goodness, how long have we got? Um, <laughs> so, well, um, in true entrepreneurial fashion, it just isn't my nature to step back and do nothing. Um, when I stepped back from Miller, I started to uh, mentor young up-and-coming businesses and give them business advice i wanted to give something back and i wanted to give it back to my local community first and foremost and then i was um working with um i I am working with rather and continue to work with um my indian partner and we have developed um along with our team have developed and what's going to be a sensational app within the uh, mindfulness space which is called the indian monk and that's going to do it's it's never been needed more in um w- post covid with all of the issues surrounding mental health and you know all of the issues that people have had to go through um to overcome these lockdowns and the tension and the worry and all sorts of dreadful things that people have had to go through being separated from loved ones etc um and more recently I'm delighted to say that I have um, joined forces with a gentleman and um, a, a, another partner, um, another couple of guys, actually, all men, I'm still working with all men, by the way, <laughs> um, except my trusted PA, Denise. Um, but we are, this gentleman invented a sleep technology, not, a, an, not an app and not a watch that tracks sleep, but a technology that actually improves deep sleep. And it's called sleepagize. And that product's going to be launched within the next two, three weeks. Um, this is literally a game changer. So for anybody listening that has trouble sleeping, this has been designed to reprogram um, and re-hardwire the subconscious part of the brain into getting more deep sleep. As we age, we get less deep sleep in fact from about 60 i think it's something in the region of half an hour 30 minutes where we used to get you know 160 180 minutes when we're 20 what this does is it strips back the years and over a period of 30 60 days it reprograms the brain to go into deep sleep and that deep sleep is the part which restores you so it's the part that energizes, you. it's the part that fixes things that's wrong in your body when you go to sleep. It's one of the most vital parts of sleep. And this gentleman who I'm working with now developed that um, as um, about six years ago and been testing it ever since. He actually developed it, the, the initial concept in the States. And um, its ambassador and big fan is the ex-chief medical officer of NASA, no less. So... It's incredible and I'm very excited about these um, opportunities and I'm working as hard as I ever was and I'm obviously still very, very, um, I'm a very active participant and supporter of Miller. You know, it remains one of my other babies and always will. And so I'm exceptionally proud of the team and the work they're doing led up again by my brother who's, let's say, excuse me, doing an amazing job.
0: Uh, I don't know quite what's happened. I don't know if the sun's gone down exceptionally quickly uh, where you are, but all of a sudden you you are nothing more than a silhouette. Um, there you so, go. Oh, oh!
1: I put the light on. <laughs>
0: that's much better. Um, as you can see on the, the screen there, um, uh, that, that's probably Neil Rutter, I would guess, at Gorilla Drones, wants to pre-order one of your um, apps or your, your sleep uh, systems, rather. Um, Peter what? Haddock wants to wants a test drive I, I i do sense that you and i are actually going into competition on this as it happens because nine times out of ten my my shows tend to send people to sleep um, but um not on this occasion i don't think I, th- I think you've kept people pretty much wrapped uh throughout on this
1: well if anybody wants to know more about sleeper they want to buy it we're not road testing unfortunately because we don't need to the product's already proven now but um there is a um start a discount which will be removed so anybody who gets in first will be able to have access to that discount but if they do want that i'm very happy to you know um i think you've got an email address there mark yeah that
0: um give
1: to everybody i
0: i may well have if i haven't it'll be in the show notes before the show in so yeah not a problem at all
1: okay because if they just send an email into that or at gmail.com um then you know I'll get the information sent to them. Happy to do that.
0: Yeah, David makes a, an interesting point there. I, I, I did some um, uh, a few articles a, a about maybe two years ago now with Caterpillar who are doing um, sleep monitoring, and we're coming back to construction now, but sleep monitoring um, to make sure that people aren't falling asleep in, in the cabs of, of dump trucks. So the, I guess there is a bit of a crossover between your, you know, your your original company and and this new venture as well. You know.
1: Well, I'm. I, So I'm passionate about this product because the world needs it, particularly post-COVID. And if we didn't know, I mean, if you just look up Dr. Matthew Walker and see he is a sleep uh, professor and one of the most eminent in the world. But if we, you know, if you start doing um, Google searches on how important sleep is to your health, it is the single most important thing to our health. Forget nutrition, forget everything else if we sleep well everything else that we're adding to that is just assisting us to sleep well is vitally vitally important and you're absolutely quite right in terms of safety and health and safety it's so important that people get the right amount of sleep before they drive a machine for eight nine hours a day absolutely right and for all those construction companies out there if you want to give your drivers sleep sleeper then get in touch with us and I'll do a deal for you.
0: <laughs> now, just going back to your, your brother, Keith, um, I he, 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 he is and always will be welcome on the show, but um, I think there might be a queue. Peter Haddock wants to get him on his podcast. <laughs> course, uh, he, Peter, I, I'm not working as Keith's agent, so you don't need my permission. Um, I'm sure, just make the call and um, we can get that going.
1: If you just ring Miller and ask to speak to Cheryl and she will set up any interviews but he'd be delighted um he's got lots of news very interesting news to share
0: no in actual fact i think peter is scheduled to be coming up to see um cheryl and the team in the not too distant future so he may be able to kill two birds with one stone um your pa denise has very kindly added the link to the sleeper joys thank you very much for, for doing that denise so that is there now um Yep that's, yep, that's in place. So, as I say, I'll add that to the show notes as well. Um, Jackie, it's been an absolute pleasure, as it always is. I uh, really appreciate you giving <laughs> up the time. And, um, yeah, if, if anyone out there is, is looking for a female ambassador, look no further. Um, we've, we've certainly got the right person here. Uh, Jackie, I'm going to let you get on with your evening.
1: Thank you, Mark. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in.
0: No problem at all. I'll see okay. you again soon.
1: Okay, take care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Well, some food for thought there. Um, funnily enough, I'd, I'd originally written um, a, a few words to, to conclude on this, which I, I was going to actually say, you know, Jackie should be the poster girl for, for women in construction. Well, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah. And, and you know, the, we, we are, when, when I've been talking about women in construction before, one of the things that, that has always come out is you can't be what you can't see. This idea of, you need to be, you know, whether it's it's a racist thing, whether it's a sexist thing. You need to be able to see others doing the the job, in order to be able to f- to follow their footsteps. Jackie has been there; she's done it. Um, as I say, I'm I'm, she's way younger than me, but she's been doing this for thirty odd years. She's built a hugely successful global company, and she's still looking for new opportunities. So there you are. Um, I'm going to leave you where we've had uh, another couple of comments. Um, let's start at the top uh, thank you jackie uh, brilliant show mark uh, well it's a lot easier to do a brilliant show if you've got a decent guest so um, absolutely uh, another great show mark and peter see peter gets the praise even when he's not even in the room so um, yeah no quite right too um, it, he is a, a a big driver behind these shows uh, in actual fact it was peter's idea to get jackie on um, and it was a great idea as well so i think that will probably do us for tonight um i'm back here again tomorrow at 10 a.m for the breakfast show Uh, we're working on a few other bits and pieces and this time it will be peter and i together um just to prove that uh, Miller were actually tuning in as well. We can't wait. Uh, yeah, I shall be seeing you guys uh, in the very near future. But in the meantime, thanks ever so much for tuning in. Thanks to Jackie. Uh, thanks for Denise to, for making that happen. Thanks to Cheryl as well. because She was uh, instrumental in this. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your comments and your questions. And I will see you all again very, very soon indeed. Thank you.